One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Monday Distillery, who makes sophisticated, elk-free drinks that still have all the taste of a good time. G&T without the tears, whiskey without the wobbles, and other delicious cocktails too. Switching the ritual instead of ditching the ritual is so much easier. Stay in high spirits, keep a clear mind, head to mondaydistillery.com for more. Heaps Normal gets me completely frothing because I drink quite a bit of the old Heaps and I love it. It is, for me, the best non-alcoholic beer and it's really good to have at a gig. One thing I've missed actually in the three and a half years or so that we've been not drinking is just a beer on the throat before I actually sing. And I used to think that was an excuse to just drink alcohol. And then since I quit, I've just been drinking water and it, I don't know, it feels a bit scratchy. I just love having a beer and I've been able to get back into that. So that's been awesome. So thank you so much to the people at Heaps Normal for hooking us up. With non-alcoholic beers. And we have a promo code, don't we? Yes. So the legends over there have given us a promo code for free shipping for the How I Quit Alcohol community. They just need to go to, to the Heaps Normal website, heapsnormal.com, and at checkout put in the code H-I-Q-A in uppercase for free shipping. So awesome. So get on it, crew, especially if you really do love a beer. It was a bit of an epiphany to me to work out that beer is beer, whether it has alcohol in it or not. So you can still love a beer and detest what alcohol may have done in your life. They're separate issues. So I really love wrapping my lips around a heaps normal. I love wrapping my lips around you. (laughs) (laughs) You! That sounded wrong. (laughs) Are you sick of feeling controlled by alcohol? Do you want to drink less? Do you wake up on a Sunday morning feeling really anxious and full of regret? I'm Danny Carr and welcome to my podcast, How I Quit Alcohol. Hi and welcome back to How I Quit Alcohol. Today in the Zoom room, I'm joined by Luke Hutchinson from South Australia. How are you, Luke? Yeah, really good. Thanks, Danny. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for coming on. So your sister, Sarah, contacted me just to tell me about her own sober journey. And 
within her telling me her story and back and forth with each other, sending messages, she told me about her amazing brother who's been sober on the sober journey for many years. Yeah, that's what brought you here to the show. So if you don't mind, would you mind sharing with us how you got started on your journey with alcohol and where it led you? Sure, yeah. Yeah, I guess uh, like everyone, you know, it started as a teenager at at high school, you know, just um, hanging out with mates and, and all that sort of stuff. I guess a backstory to it was that my father was was an Irishman, a very heavy drinker. I guess he qualified to be an alcoholic by the end of his days. He died in a car accident at 47. Yeah, on his way home from the pub. Yeah, from there, we sort of lost quite a few friends along the way within about a 12-month period. I think we had about five funerals, you know, just we lived in the Adelaide mm. Hills and um, drinking mm. was big, the culture was big. And um, as a result, a lot of our, our friends lost their lives along the way, you know. And I think mm. for me, um, probably used alcohol as a, as a bit of a, a, a I guess, a, a self-medicating, you know, it took the pain away. So there was a lot of trauma in those early days. And then, um, yeah, we just tried to push it down and, and soldier on, you know, we were taught to stand on our feet. And, and so that, that went on for a few years, you know, a few decades. And um, yeah, I lived in Sydney for seven years and I guess, you know, I bought my first house in my early 20s, you know, like travelled overseas. Um, yeah, everywhere I went, the drink was with me. Um, and it just progressively got worse, I guess, Danny. Mm-hmm. And um, then I had children and my drinking sort of crept in as, as a bit of a daily a daily thing, you know. It was like it was it, what started out as, as binge drinking, I guess, became... A daily occurrence, you know, and uh, mm. and it was okay. I deserved it, you know. That's how I justified it. I worked hard, had a business, mm. had a small family, you know. We had the little farm, and it all looked good on the outside, but uh, on the inside, I was slowly dying, you know. That's how I sort of felt, and um, yeah, I just drank and drank and drank, and the drugs came in, you know, as well. Like whatever, whatever could help me, could prop me up to to allow me to drink more, um, was was okay, you know. So anything sort of went in the end it was it was quite a crazy crazy time and um yeah so I I decided I needed to do something at 36 you know I'm I'm 45 now and um so yeah I put it down you know I didn't I didn't pick up a drink for five years I joined a 12-step program and um yeah I was able to put the drink down you know was I sober I don't think so what I call today sober is uh, any mood or mind altering substance Mm-hmm. I don't put in my body and I haven't for the last four and a bit years. So in that five-year period, I wasn't drinking alcohol, but certainly other substances were around, you know, party drugs and stuff that um, that I dabble in. So I know today that for me, for Luke Hutchinson to be sober, he has to be, you know, it's any mood or mind-altering substance that I put in my body. As a result of that, uh, I went out and drank again after five years um, for nine months. And wow, it came back harder and they say if you you know if you put it down and and you're an alcoholic maybe um you know when you pick it up again it comes back harder and faster and that was certainly the case for me uh in that nine month period I guess I controlled it for the first month and then it was just I was just on a ride that I just couldn't stop I couldn't get off you know I was drinking against my will I was doing a lot of damage to my family yeah and it just spiraled out of control I was working away in the mines at the time and I guess a big factor for me was, you know, they were drug and alcohol testing us. I dodged it. I don't know how. 
And then I had a motorbike crash, um, cut up, come off on my motorbike, went up to work, couldn't do the job. They sent me home on the next plane. And um, so I, I sort of knew I was at a crossroads. I knew that um, I couldn't keep going the way I was going. I was sitting in the car park at the Adelaide airport after being flown home and, and just broken, you know. I just knew that I was going to drink again and pick up whatever else was around. Um, I didn't want to do that and I didn't know how to get out. So I rang some... Uh, some people from from that 12-step fellowship that I was a part of and um, they gave me a number for rehab and I went into rehab. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. uh, So when you first started drinking, how old were you? Oh, look, I guess, you know, that 13, 14, just just at high school, you know, parties, you know. Yeah. Just binging sort of. It was the done thing. Everyone was doing it, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So everyone this podcast says most of them started at that young age. Yeah. And it's sort of, you know, do you when your father passed away in the car accident when you were 16, is that when you probably started using alcohol to self-medicate? 100%, yeah. Um I think it really started with Catherine. We had Catherine uh, pass away first at a party. Um Who so was Catherine? My- so that was my sister's boyfriend's sister. And, um, yeah, she'd come off the back of a motorbike at a party out bush. Yeah, she passed away. And then Dad was not long after, a few months later. Three mm-hmm. months after that, my best friend Chris Simon died leaving a party at our place. At the farm. Oh. Paul Swalling's brother Matt, he high-sided his motorbike into a tree and then Paul Swalling committed suicide, his brother. So it was just like bang, 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 oh, bang. And, yeah, I think then, you know, at 16 and a half, God, it was not uncommon to be drinking a bottle of rum a night. You know, it was just a done thing. Like we just, yeah, we were just, we were just, we were, wow. we, I, yeah, it was quite profound. My poor mother, she had a farm, she had a business, we had a small business and uh, she had four, four children. Yeah. And Sarah, my eldest sister, she's two years older than me. So she was 18 and a half and her and I just, just, yeah, we sort of, um, really, really let loose. She moved to Darwin and I followed her not long after. Yeah, that was that was us for quite a while, quite a yeah. while. For you, how did the drinking progress into the binge drinking? How did it then progress into the daily drinking? Yeah, I think in those early days, it was certainly just to, to numb out what was going on, you know. That was, that was a, a big thing. Um, then I had a car accident in my twenties and, and nearly killed my, a good friend of mine. And, and that was a turning point for me. That was like, whoa, that was like breaks on. Uh, I stopped, I pulled myself back and said, I've got to have a real good look at myself here and I'm going down a slippery slope. And um, yeah, so I nearly went to prison. I, I had a four year suspended sentence. And um, that was, that was big for me. You know, that was profoundly a turning point. So I uh, picked myself up, got myself sober enough to, to, to get a, a job that took me overseas. Um, I travelled all through Europe for um, for a good couple of years, and um, as I say, like we were we were successful. You know, I, I watched my drinking for for the next ten years. You know, I drink light beer. I I was very conscious of not turning into what my father was. You know, so I, I watched it for many many years and and tried extremely hard not to let that happen. And uh, to me, binge drinking was okay. So weekends, party, weekdays, recover, work. Um, you know, but that was, that turned into a cycle too. It was binge drinking, which wasn't too much of a problem for me, you know, but then certainly when I moved back to Adelaide and met my now partner and had our two children, I just felt really bogged down. You know, it was my early thirties, the partying had sort of stopped. So 
it was more became a reclusive sort of at home drinker, you know, and that's where I started to hide my drinking. And I knew that was mm. becoming a problem because I'd start um, drinking a six pack of rum cans on the way home and getting rid of all the evidence and then going in and popping a wine and going, oh, you know, here, oh, so need this, but already be sort of ticking along, you know. And then that progressed over the next five odd years to hiding a lot of my drinking. So I'd be, I'd be drinking. My sister Sarah actually worked at, um, at a winery. So she'd get cheap boxes of wine. And that was a real problem for me because I'd get, I'd get a dozen bottles, a dozen bottles of wine for $30. So I was just buying boxes of wine, stashing them in the shed, uh, unbeknownst to my partner. And then, uh, you know, I'd be out my shed drinking. Then I got the home brew going. Uh, there was just, yeah, it was just, it was just, I couldn't get enough, you know, and it really, I really knew in that last sort of three or four years of my drinking, I would get up and go to work every day. I didn't miss a day of work, but man, it was, yeah, it was, it had, it had me, you know, I'd, I'd lost control. I was drinking against my will, couldn't control, couldn't guarantee my behavior, which is a big thing for me too. I think if you think you may have a trouble, um, any problems with alcohol, if you take a drink and you can't guarantee your behavior, or if you're saying that you're not going to drink and, and you, you find yourself drinking at the end of the day, chances are you could have a, a problem with, with alcohol. You know, that, that, was, that was what was true for me anyway. Wow. I remember, look, I was only, I was binge drinking um, often, but I was definitely getting towards the end there where I was like, I didn't, I was starting to get nervous because I didn't know how I was going to act. Yeah. And so yeah. for me, that was yeah. a big thing, just like, okay, this is, <laughs> This is not good. And then often waking up the next day just going, how the fuck did I act? Because I can't remember, you know. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think you're right. I think if you're <laughs> wondering <laughs> about how you're going to act that night, it's kind of a sign. But when, yeah. when you say that you <clears throat> kind of had no control, were you consciously aware that you had no control in those, those later years? Yeah, look, I think for me... Uh, <sighs> You know, it was, it was a blessing in disguise, really, that my father was an alcoholic. And I'd seen him. I'd seen the Jekyll and Hyde in him, you know. He could – we went from this big Irish family, you know, all the cousins, you know, we've got 30-odd cousins and 10 aunties and uncles, and they'd all be over at our house and it'd be party, party, party. But over the years, it, it progressively, there was a fight here, a blue there. That was really bad behaviour by Dad's behalf. And slowly but surely, he became isolated, you know. So I could see this happening to me. I could see this. We went from this big party family that would always have people around to me drinking in the shed on my own, you know. And it was just like, wow, where, what, what's happened here, you know. And um, so for me, it was a blessing. Mm-hmm. And then that whole coming home, bubbly as had that warm fuzzy feeling in the belly I was at that really nice point you know half a bottle of red sort of nice warm fuzzy to then just going one drink too far ending up in an argument with my wife and that was that was happening every night you know and then it's like wow we're arguing every night so it did become I became conscious that that the alcohol was playing a big part in my unhappiness um I went to the doctor I was on antidepressants you know, and, and the alcohol was but a symptom of an underlying issue for me. You know, there was, I had to deal with all of that trauma and all of that, uh, the wreckage of my past, I guess. And that's where the 12 step program came in for me. It was about dealing with all my wrongs and what I'd done in my past, um, and clearing up the wreckage of my past so that I could then be free of that Mm. and, and live 
happy sober. Because for me, it's not about stopping. You know, I can put the drink down for a little while, but it's about being comfortable being sober. You know, like I have mm. to be, I have to be okay with who I am sober. And if I don't deal with all the stuff that I've done in the past, all those moments, like you say, when you wake up and go, oh God, what did I do? You know, oh, did I offend that person? And you can just, you can cut the air with a knife. You know that something's gone down. You know, what was it? I was in a blackout. Oh my God, what have I done? You know, and uh, all of that kind of stuff that today I don't have to deal with. It's so freeing for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's one of the greatest gifts in sobriety is not having to wake up with that. I talk about it a lot on the podcast. You know, those times of just, especially in the early days when you're waking up and realizing, oh, Yes, I don't have to worry. I didn't yeah. fuck up. Yeah, there's no one to apologise to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So tell me, take take us to right before you decided to go to the 12-step program, mm. how bad had it got really towards that end of things? A lot of, lot of blackouts for me. Um, I didn't even know what a blackout was until I I, I got into this this 12-step program. But um, so... As I said to you before, I'd come home, I'd be in that warm, fuzzy, and I just wanted to stay there. You know, I just wanted to, if I could just stay there at about that half a bottle to a bottle of red feeling, I was cool, man. I was like, I was the best dad. I I was the best partner. Um, But I just would always have that one too many and it would tip me over. And I was just becoming conscious of that, you know, and and waking up feeling that dread, that, that guilt, shame and remorse of what have I done? And as I said before, just, just knowing that dad was an alcoholic just just really pushed me to uh, finding a solution. You know, I had to find a solution. I couldn't, I could not keep going like this. You know, a big thing for me is I was 16 and a half. We were chatting earlier. I was 16 and a half when my father died. Um, he was 47. And those, those ages marry up perfectly for me and my son. So he's 15 and a half at the moment. I'm going to be 47 when he's 16 and a half. And that, that scared the hell out of me, you know. At 36, I was conscious of that. And I'm thinking, wow, what if, what if. And I just knew how much I needed my father at 16 and a half. And he wasn't there, you know. Yeah. And I just didn't want that for my kids. So I guess a big driving force for me was my children and my family, my immediate family. But after I busted five years down the track, it was made aware to me that I had to want this for me, for Luke. You know, I had to get sober for me. I can't get sober for anyone else. Um, so what are your motives? You know, check your motives. What, what's my angle here, you know? And that's when the real recovery started for me. So, yeah, I was grateful for that lesson for sure. Yeah, yeah. When you first went in, did you realise that, um, did you realise that you had to deal with the trauma or at first were you just thinking, I just have to stop drinking? No, I can remember going in and thinking, wow, I, I can never drink again. That sucks. I'm not, I'm not buying into that at all. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the drink was my best friend. That's what, that's how I slept. You know, I had to be, I had to, I had to have my fill to, to sleep. I couldn't sleep in the end, you know, like I'd wake up rattly and have to knock some more alcohol into me just to sleep. You know, it was, it was truly like a, yeah. Um, so yeah, and then I looked at the 12 steps and stuff and I thought, well, I'm not buying into that either. So I didn't want to, I didn't want to truly look at myself for the first sort of five years. You know, I didn't really think maybe that I was um, a true alcoholic. 
yeah, for me, for my journey, for, for what works for Luke, um, yeah, I had to go and do that. I had to go and do some more research, as they say, you know. Mm-hmm. So take us then to the early days. How did you deal with it all? How did you deal with it when the trauma came up? Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. How did you deal with it when the, the, the cravings came up? Look, it's... It's, for me, it was getting myself a sponsor. It was going through the steps and um, taking a good hard look at myself. Um, that, that was a turning point for me, becoming teachable. Um, certainly a big thing for me was I always used to say, yeah, I know, yeah, I know. Um, and my sponsor said, would you stop fucking saying I know? You don't know shit. You know, the sooner you realise that you don't know anything about myself, the better off I was. And um I had to fully surrender to the fact that I was powerless over this, this drinking problem, you know. I, I was powerless over alcohol. It had, it had power over me. Um, what's the solution? A power, a power greater than myself. So I had to find a power greater than myself. You know, it's not a, it's not a religious program. It's a spiritual program for sure. And um, I had to find a, a high power, you know. Like I had to search and I ended up finding it within, you know, like that, that, that divine spark is within me. And, um, you know, mm-hmm. until I could untap or uncover that and truly have faith in that, which took a lot of years, I must say, you know, it's not, faith is not something that I, I don't hand my, my will over very easily, you know, I'm um, a very strong-willed person, but um, yeah, to, to fully surrender is the way I guess you win. Um, And coming from a sporting background, you know, playing a lot of, a lot of um, Aussie rules footy and stuff, it was like, you never surrender, you never quit, you never, you never, so, so it was foreign to me, you know, I had to, I had to be taught how to, how could I possibly win if I surrender? Um, but that's that's where it is for me, you know. So yeah, it was finding that that high power, that power that 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 I believe in, you know. As I say, it can be it can be organised religion, it can be the Buddha, it can be the great outdoors, it can be whatever you whatever you want it to be, you know. But you've you know, prayer, meditation are big for me today. I do them daily, you know. So how does that work? In that, um, I get that and I love it. And I think definitely needs some spirituality in there too you know, to know that there's something greater out there than us and what's controlling us. But how does that work when you're, you know, say a week in or two weeks in or a month in and you fucking want to drink? Mm. <laughs> what mm. What's the actual, is it that you just, if you're really craving it, that you go and meditate or would you get into the great outdoors? Like what was the practical steps? It's a, it's a personal journey, I guess. Um, but mm. for me, for me, I just knew... I knew I couldn't keep doing what I was doing. So I was willing to go to any lengths, you know, I, I think that's so important. You've got to be, you've got to be at the end of your road. I mean, the compulsion to drink and drug, um, it left me at about three months, you know, I was, I was, uh, 
in mm. a state of emotional turmoil. You know, I was flying up to the mines. Um, there's a crew up there that I drunk heavily with, you know, and 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 they're like, "Where's where's Hutchie, man? Where is where is it?" You know, I'm in my room. I was just go to work and come home. I'd I'd pray. I'd meditate. I was. I was writing out a list of all my harms and what I'd done in my past. And I was just, I was just dedicated. I was so focused on trying to get this thing, which is, you know, to be happy in sobriety. And um, I was, I was Mm -hmm. fortunate to have some really strong people around me from, from this 12 step fellowship that, that, that were helping me, that were in my corner and that were encouraging me and just keep going, Hutch, keep going, man. You know, you can get this, you know, and keep doing the work. So for me, it was about doing the work. It was about doing the suggested things, you know, get on your knees, pray, you know, <laughs> that was far. I'm, I'm six foot eight, man. I'm 130 kilos. Like I'm, I play footy, you know, I, I, I punch you in the face as I look at you on the field, you know, but so to get on your knees and surrender, it was just, it wasn't something I was going to do, you know, but I think after five years of trying it with one foot in, I had to be fully committed. So I was prepared to do the suggested things, you know, and they were suggesting pray, meditate, do the, do, write the workout, do the, do the stuff, have a look at yourself, you know, and, and look today so far, God, God willing, it, it's, 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 it's working for me today, you know? Yeah. And I think you've hit the nail on the head and everyone, pretty much everyone who comes on and has been successful in their sobriety, not just white knuckling it has done all, whether it's the 12 step program or something else, they've, they've done the stuff. They've done yeah. the work and this is, yeah. I can't drive this home enough to people to say there is just no point in just removing alcohol and thinking everything's going to be rosy. It's actually like doing the work and getting to know yourself, sitting in your own shit for a while. Yes. And it's not that fucking glamorous either. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not, it's not for those who want it. It's not for those who need it. It's for those who actually do it. You know, that they're the ones that are going to get this, you know, you can, you can want, you can find people that really need this, Man, your your life is fucking unmanageable. Like, look at you. You're you're a drunk, man. You're out of control. But unless they are willing to do the work, you can't you can't help them. You know, you just got to be there when they come back in. You know. Yes, um, that is just yeah. so true. So amazing. So, how did you deal with? Because this is a really like this is the one of the biggest issues. You know, you've got the guys in the mindset going, "Where's Hutchie? Where's Hutchie?" I mean, that must feel that must be tough. Like there must be a real tug of war going on. Yeah, it was, it was tough. It was a horrible part of my, like part of my journey, I guess. Um, yeah. I hated going up there and um, yeah, I just, I just put my head down. I just did my job, uh, put steps in place and eventually I got another job back home, you know, and um, I, I quit that job up there and yeah, I just, it just wasn't for me that, that lifestyle. And uh there weren't too many guys up there on their first marriage, I can tell you. You know, like yeah. it's not a it's not a great environment. So anyway, yeah, I, I came home, um, kept doing the work, kept doing the work, and um, you know, I'm happy to say today I've been back home living with my family for the last two years. You know, and it's amazing. Like we've we've uh, we've got an amazing little little thing going on. You know, my son's 15, my daughter's 12. Um, yeah, we've got a little farm. We've got horses and a motorbike track out back, and and. Uh, yeah, we still work hard and uh yeah, life is life is good. Life is good. Yeah, that is so awesome. So tell us a bit about life on the other side. Now you've come through it and are you still active in the 12 step program? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. 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 Always, and how's always. my life today is unrecognizable to what it was like 4 years ago, you know. 4 years ago I was this um 
emotional mess of a person who didn't know what was up or down or left or right. You know, I was, I was completely uh, broken as, as, a, as a person, you know. So, yeah, over the years, it's just gradually been building up, hopefully, a better version of myself, you know, and um, through having an honest look at my behaviour and um, my wrongs and um, making amends to people. And, um, you know, I think there's a real freeing quality to all of that, you know, um, clearing up the wreckage of your past is, is something that I would have never thought of doing, you know, and I think <laughs> it's funny. I can remember, I can remember the first time I, I went to my, my middle sister, Rebecca, and, and, and showed her what I was the program that, that we were doing, you know, and she read through it. She said, Oh my God, she said, everybody should do this. Yeah. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, wow, you, you're actually really right. You know, like, because there's a lot of um, <clears throat> horrible people out there that, that don't have a drinking or a drug problem, you know, and it's just like, wow. You know, I see it today, and I, today I can look from afar and look back and, and look from afar and not get involved in in the drama and stuff. But um, yeah, there's some really, yeah, it's interesting to to watch. It's interesting to watch. But today, you know, I, I have my conscience is clear. I actually like who I am today, and um, you know, I'm far from perfect. Jeez, I I I, I stuff up on a daily basis, but um, it's becoming less and less. You know, and uh, I know today that that I can make an amends and um. And, and try not to do that that bad behaviour again, you know, and it's, it is freeing. It's very freeing, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. My friend, my good friend Lyndall, who's often on this podcast, um, she's she's in the 12-step program. And I remember when she first showed me the program, when she first showed me what she was doing, and this was years ago, uh, I was like, wow, I had the same thing. I'm like, wow, everyone should do this. Yeah. This is, yeah. I haven't done the yeah. 12-step program, but I've, I've definitely looked into it and I've read Recovery by Russell Brandt uh, where he talks, he breaks down the steps. And yeah. it actually yeah. is a really beautiful program in terms mm. of coming back home to yourself and giving yourself and other people. And it's quite beautiful. Yeah, I think anyone out there that's 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 struggling with it, I think it's so rife, you know. It's just about being brutally honest with yourself. Um, so, you know, if you can sit down and, and, and be quiet with yourself and, and I just implore you to go out and, and seek help. Like there's, there's, there, there are solutions, you know, like you don't have to feel like that you're alone. You're not alone. You know, like people um, suffer from this stuff. You know, I was on antidepressants and all sorts of drugs from the doctor prescription stuff, you know, and I'm off all of that today, you know, um, not that I'm a doctor. I don't suggest anyone going and getting off their meds, but, um, you know, for me, um, I was depressed because I was drinking and, and using so much, you know, and um, because I hadn't dealt with the stuff, like all this, all that, all that trauma, I hadn't dealt with all that stuff, you know? So it was about putting the drink in the drugs down and, and getting honest and becoming conscious and, um, and then dealing with this stuff and being brutally honest, you know, with myself and, and, and it's not easy, you know, it's, it's, it's a very simple program, but it's, it's, it's quite hard. You know, it's, it's not an easy, <laughs> yeah. So, um, but I'm grateful. I'm really grateful today. It's, it's an amazing, amazing life we leave so much different to the one we did, you know? Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. What a massive journey you've had. Mm. Absolutely amazing. Well done. And just hats off to you for actually doing the work and yeah, becoming conscious and sitting in the shit. <laughs> Yeah, I, and that's another thing, you know, it's sitting in the shit. Um, we all, <clears throat> I've got some boys in my corner that are, you know, 40 years sober, 
and I'll ring them and say, oh, this has come up and that's come up. And, and I heard some really good advice about 12 months ago, you know, it's like, Luke, we all have these thoughts. We all have these feelings, but it's, we have a choice. How long do you want to sit and dwell in that? So you actually have a choice, you know, your, your head up here, it's the journey's from the head to the heart, you know, and um, that, that, that voice in your head, that is not you, you know, and that was big for me to learn that, you know, like that's mm. not, that's my ego. That's my, that's that, 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 that evil devil guy talking, you know? And um, so, so for me, it's like, I have a choice today. Like I don't have to sit and dwell. I don't have to, it's okay. You, 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 you're conscious. You have that feeling. Oh, that makes me feel bad. Okay. I choose not to sit in that. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to flip it and, and, and look at it from a different, a different angle from a different perspective. And um, yeah. I find that really freeing too, you know, like we have a choice, we have a choice, you know, we can sit and wallow in it. Or we can we can flip the way we look at it and uh, and get positive and and yeah it's it's freeing too you know so absolutely I totally agree. There's a moment of having the awareness and 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 being there and being there in the shit for a moment or for some time if that's what it takes. But yep. actually going through the feelings that needed that need to be dealt with, totally. whether that's through journaling or just crying or talking to someone therapist, however that comes up for you. And yep. then, of course, like, okay, how can we look at this in a different way and what can we learn from it and how am I going to better myself as a human from these yep. experiences? Yeah, you hit the nail on the head with the journaling that, you know, like that was, that was massive for me, you know, in the, in the rehab and early days was, was, was writing that stuff down, you know, getting it out. And as you say, you know, like sometimes, you know, for quite a while, for that three-month period, you know, I was, I was because I didn't know how to get out of it, I think it was, it was a conditioning to a surrender, you know, so I'm... Um, I was, I was definitely sitting in that self-pity and that wallowing, uh, it was agony, you know, that, that emotional um, turmoil. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a journey. You've got to just stay true to the course, keep talking, keep journaling, keep, keep praying if that works for you, meditate, you know, try and get quiet. Try, it's foreign to us alkies because we take a drink and we're gone we're 100 miles now you know like i'm fucking out of here man like you know what, what are we doing who are we who are we going to party with what, what you know so to sit and be quiet and center wow what a what a big thing that is you know um for as i say totally foreign to me foreign to me four years ago today do it do it every morning you know have to if i don't i run rough as you know so yes. yeah there's tools man there's tools you know get amongst it yeah but yep. there, there is a solution. If you, if you, if you think you've got a problem with it, you know, look into it deeper. Make some, yeah, because there's, there's some happy, sober people out there, really happy. Well, you clearly are one of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, thanks so much, Luke, for coming on and, and sharing your story. Um, you know, it's like I said, it's a big journey you've had and come out on the other side and, you know, you've lived to tell the tale and hopefully inspire some other people. Yeah, we carry the message. So, uh, yeah, there's, there is a solution, as I say. So, yeah, uh, yeah. really, really great to talk to you, Dan. So, yeah, you you're too. doing you're doing amazing, amazing work. You know, I'm so I'm so proud of my sister back here. She's she's listening in, and um, you know, she she you know, again, it's not for me to say, but I guess um, she's sort of seen my journey, and um, she's become aware of some of her patterns. And not speaking for my sister, but um, I'm sure she wouldn't mind. But you know, and now I'm so proud of her because she's she's put us in touch with each other, you know, she's found you and she's seeked out and, you know, it's about seeking. It's about becoming conscious and aware of your behavior and, and what's affecting you around you. Are you happy? Are you not? And, and she's decided, yeah, I'm, I want to stop drinking. And, um, you know, for me looking from the outside in drinking wasn't 
ever a problem for her, but it is for her. So mm. that's what matters, you know. It is for her, and she wants to stop, and she's she's taking steps to do that. And you've been a massive part of that. So I thank you from the bottom of my heart, truly. Oh. You know, it's, yeah, it's 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 a really cool thing that you're doing. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for that. And um, and obviously you as well, because um, she's very proud of you. So <laughs> I could tell yeah. that in the first email she sent me. So yeah. you, you're yeah. obviously a massive inspiration, which is really great. Yeah. Um, one last question before you go. If you could go back and talk to, you know, 15, 16-year-old Luke, what would you say to him about his journey? Oh, geez, Danny. Oh. Um. Wow, that is a question I've never been asked. I've never even thought. I guess, look, for me, it's, uh, you know, you get to a point where you you don't, um, you've got to look back on your past and um, you can't regret what sort of happened. But, I mean, are there regrets? Yeah, there's a lot of regrets along the way. Um, look, I guess I'm happy with where I've, where I've turned out, you know, where it's, where, it's, where, it's, where it's ended up for me, you know. Um, you know, life is life. I was young and very immature, and and uh, yeah, it's it's just been a journey, Danny. I'm just I'm just so grateful that I am where I am today. You know, um, because yeah, in those early years, it was it was pretty hellish. So if you are going through that sort of stuff, you know, that trauma of death and 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 all that sort of stuff, you know, yeah, there is, there is a solution. There's a way out other than other than drinking and drug and that that would be my advice to anyone else going through sort of what I've been through if you've related at all to my story um yeah just just ask for help reach out you know there's so many platforms today that that can help and um there's so many people that are willing to help you know like I the guys that helped me the guys and girls that helped me they gave up their time they just it was just um I wasn't I wasn't a yeah I was just a an unwell person for a lot of years so yeah 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 Amazing. Thank you so much. And um, hopefully your sissy comes on the podcast in the near yeah, future. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> We've talked about that. Hey, yeah. So uh, I think she wants to get her 12 months up and then, um, yeah. yeah, I'll be sitting in the background listening to Sarah's. Yeah, it'll be awesome. <laughs> I can't wait for that. Awesome. Yeah, you yeah. are a legend. Thank you so much, Luke, for coming on. Yeah, no, big love. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, good Thanks. on you. Thanks, Danny. of us feel stuck and unsure of how to make positive changes in life. Journaling is a proven way of keeping yourself on track and creating lasting change. The How I Quit Alcohol Playbook will take you through 365 days of gratitude, daily affirmation and loads of techniques to help you stay on track and head towards a clearer future. Head to the show notes or iquitalcohol.com.au to grab yourself a copy today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.